guys, welcome back to another episode of Kindest Regards. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you're all having a wonderful week. I know that I am very much getting excited for some time off. I feel more exhausted than ever and I think that not having really a break at all this year has made me very, very excited for a little bit of time off. So wrapping up all those loose ends before December 22nd, which is when I officially shut my brain off. Um, I will be having a little bit of a break from podcasting over the festive season. However, I'm hoping to have a little something for you guys over that break that you can still listen to and digest, but I'm just not sure what that's going to look like at this point. So I will definitely keep you posted so that we aren't completely starved of Kindest Regards content. But to get into today's ep, um, as always, I'm going to have a mix of everything. I feel like I say that every time, but it's true. The first segment, I'm going to dive into talking about tips for starting on social media or for sort of ramping up your social media. If it is something that you're interested in having as a bit of a side hustle or you just love socials and you want to get more involved, how to sort of do that authentically. Then I'm going to jump in and talk about some podcast recommendations that are literally for a mix of everyone. I listen to such an assortment of podcasts from varied genres and I feel like I have nailed a bunch of them and I just have a ton of good recs if you are, well, obviously you're a podcast listener because you're listening to me, but if you are looking for other podcasts. And then to wrap up, I'm going to I'm going to do something a little bit rogue, but I'm actually thinking of doing this more on the pod. I absorb a lot of pop culture, a lot of like subculture content as we all do, being on TikTok, being on socials, talking to people, reading the news, everything. And I'm thinking I want to more regularly pick some of the ones that really either G me up, like you could be kind of triggered by them or ones that you think just deserve a little bit of airtime and discussion. I'm aware that some may be a little polarizing, kind of like the one I'm going to talk about today, which is my thoughts on Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. They've been flooding the news as always, but more so than ever. And I just want to have a chat about it. I just want to have a chat about my thoughts. I want to have a chat about my feelings, where my head's at regarding them. I know a lot of people think that that kind of chat is frivolous, but these people make up a really big part of our subculture. And I think that it can be not only entertaining to talk about it, but also really important to dissect some of those issues that arise in these narratives. So I'm going to be talking about Megan and Harry. So stay tuned for a chat and a rant and let's get right into it. So if you're interested in getting into social media, making it a bit of a side hustle, or you just love being on it and want to post content, whether it be seriously, not seriously, it doesn't really matter. I feel like this segment's kind of for everyone, but I guess it does have a slightly skewed lens for tips on people that might be trying to potentially monetize their social media or create a presence of some capacity on socials. Now, I'm not sitting up here saying I have a huge presence on social media. I don't think that I do. I just think I have what you would call probably a smaller following, but it still feels like I've gone on a bit of a journey with social media. And I think that I've had 
sort of experience with peaks and troughs with it where my love for it has been really big and then I've just absolutely despised every part of it and I feel like I've come out the other side finding a way to have social media be kind of a healthy part of my life but also it's no secret that I have monetized my social media and I do work on a sponsored basis with brands and I feel like trying to find a way to grow on socials these days can be a little bit more challenging, but I do have some tips and some tricks. So I think that the biggest one that I've also, just to preface before I jump into it, I feel like this applies to Instagram and TikTok. Like that's sort of what I what I mean when I talk about socials. Obviously, there's ways to monetize Pinterest, but I haven't dived into that space. I do spend a lot of time on Pinterest. Obviously, I've spoke about that a ton, but I, I haven't sort of used it to the same capacity in this way as I have TikTok and Instagram. So I feel like finding your niche is key. This is what I found on TikTok. This is what for me helped me grow a following on TikTok that has had very continuous and organic growth over the last 12 months. I've only had TikTok for 11 months, I think, because I remember my first posts on TikTok were in Byron Bay, I think, or just before when we got engaged. And that was January of this year. So it's been less than a year that I've had TikTok. And as of the time of recording, let me check because I can't actually remember. But okay, as of recording, I have 23.9k followers on TikTok, which isn't massive, but it's also not, you know, small. I guess it's like somewhere in the middle. But I feel like growing on TikTok has become the place to be in terms of growth. That was a sentence and a half. But what I'm saying is like on Instagram, it's really challenging these days, I think, to grow a following from the ground up. If anything, that following sort of comes from TikTok, or at least that's been the case for me of late. Any new followers that I get in a lump or any bundles of followers that I get on Instagram, it tends to be after a video on TikTok has a, a number of views and it's done decent. And then people have found my Instagram through my TikTok. So I feel like finding your niche on TikTok is key. For me, I'm happy to say what my niche is, which is probably a mix of corporate content. I sort of found my niche in the corporate content space, whether that be getting ready for work content, outfit of the day in a corporate kind of setting, come with me to work videos, uh, different videos about my job, about my like studying law, different facets of all of those categories. I also do a lot of lifestyle videos, sort of wedding prep, bride to be content as well. And I think that that's where most of my content sits. So obviously finding a niche that applies to you is I think key on TikTok because it allows you to create regular content in that niche which hooks people and once they're interested in one video and they see that you have 20 like it that's why people are going to want to follow you because they love that content and I think that when it's too much of a mix of everything it can be kind of challenging but not to say people don't grow that way of course they do but if you are starting from scratch I think that's a really good way to dip your toe in the pool so to speak I also think connecting with people in your niche. So if you do have 
a niche of some description, finding other content creators that do that really well and following them, getting inspiration from the content they post, reaching out to them, having a chat, commenting on their videos. That kind of thing allows you to create a little bit more dialogue in a community around the content that you create. I think now more than ever, being authentic on social media is what people are loving and what is digestible. Like the age of excessively filtering your photos and creating that constant highlight reel of your life, I think is really over. People like you to be authentic. And I'm not saying I'm never going to be the girl that, you know, balls her eyes out on her Instagram story and like, you know, does anything like that because I am contrary to popular belief, I do have that private streak in me and I'm not always going to show the bad moments or the moments where I'm anxious or sad or flat. But I think I am going to show parts of my day that are actually happening rather than getting glam, taking some pics in a cute outfit, which I love doing. I'm not above it at all. But I think that that's only a small part of the content that I create. I feel like particularly on TikTok, It is focused more on what my day-to-day actually looks like, which is very much going to work, getting ready for work, studying, recording the podcast. It could be going out with my friends, out with Thomas, out with, you know, our family. That's what I'm actually doing. So I'm going to record that, showcase that. And I feel like it does create a more authentic, genuine connection with your audience, which is absolutely the way to go at this stage of the game. I think that like sort of leads on to my next point, which is trying to make it a part of your day to day rather than something else that you have to add to your plate. So I've had people say to me like, I don't know how you do all of it. I don't know how you work and study and do a podcast and do socials. Honestly, obviously there are times where I'm like, holy guacamole, like I'm exhausted, like I'm absolutely shattered. But honestly, like when it comes to socials, it's actually not that hard because particularly with TikTok, I'm literally posting my day like it takes no extra time for me to do a two second video of what I'm wearing, me walking to work, me being at work, me what I ate that day, what I, I don't really do those kinds of videos, but you know what I mean. It's honestly the easiest thing in the world. And I think that most people like most people are doing that too. They're doing all those things in a day and seeing that kind of relatable content is appealing and I know because I love seeing that kind of content too and I get inspiration from that that's realistic because I feel like as much as there is a place there is a place for the quintessential I hate this word but influencer which is very much the you know fashion bikinis going to the beach going to get drinks and that's kind of their entire identity and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that it's not a criticism but most people aren't doing that all day most people have a nine-to-five or own a business or or a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad and that's the kind of content that people want to see they want to see people doing what they're doing and trying to romanticize aspects of that that can be a little bit mundane or you know like let's face it like having a nine-to-five like it's not always the most exciting thing in the world like let's call spade a spade like I love my job and I love what I do but there are moments where you're like 
I mean, it's real, like it's real life. I have a nine to five job, but I think trying to find ways to make that fun and exciting, which is why I put an effort into dressing up for work and, you know, highlighting those aspects of the process because that's what people like to see. So trying to record your day to day rather than making it too manufactured, I think is also a big part of it make friends I have make friends written down which seems silly but honestly starting on social media can be an absolute cowboy territory minefield experiment but I've actually made some really incredible friends in my life from social media on both TikTok and Instagram that are actually my friends in the flesh and I absolutely love that I've managed to meet some really special like-minded vibrant people that I never would have met if I hadn't put myself out there on socials sorry guys that's my doorbell (laughs) sorry about that little brief interruption guys that was my milk run delivery for my dinner it was very uninteresting I had capsicums in it but anyway moving right along uh the next tip that I have is to try and take the seriousness out of it and I feel like that's when I oddly enough got more sponsorship deals I enjoyed socials more I felt like the content that I was creating was more me because I just like stopped analyzing it to death like oh you know I think one thing that was definitely a thing of the past and seems to be less of a focus now was on that feed aesthetic and the feed looking a certain way whether that be I think it was primarily Instagram but I'm sure people think about it on TikTok as well of it having to look a certain way and blend and go together I feel like focusing more on the content itself rather than how it fits into this bigger aesthetic picture I think allows you to really enjoy it more and it takes the seriousness out of it and it's just about whatever you filmed that day or whatever content you're pushing not how it looks and relates to a picture you put up five days ago. It's just, I think that's when it gets a little bit silly and kind of stressful. And then the last thing that I would say is to get a tripod. This is something that weirdly enough, I know this sounds crazy, but it's something that I didn't do for quite some time. And I would always like lean my camera on things and just like make it work. But getting a tripod just makes shooting content, particularly for brands or if it's face to face, it's just so easy. Uh, or, or, you know, people see shooting content as like this really hectic thing that takes ages. If I have to shoot an outfit, I'm not kidding. Once I have like picked my location, it takes me like five minutes. I have an app called Lens Buddy, which I highly recommend. Basically, you just click it. You put it on your tripod, you click it and it will automatically take photos for you through the app. So you can set it from like every 0.5 seconds, it'll take a photo every 0.7 seconds, every second, every two seconds, depending on how you like to shoot your content. That has been an absolute game changer for me. It honestly takes me five minutes to shoot content and it takes all the stress right out of it. Okay, diving into the next topic, which is podcast recommendations for everyone. Now, what I mean by that is I'm just going to talk about a bunch of podcasts that I absolutely love and that, you know, mean something to me, I guess, in the sense that I feel like I've listened to a lot of these podcasts for a long time. Some of them are more new, but they kind of fill different voids in my life. Obviously, I love podcasts because I have one and I listen to them all the time. 
I feel like podcasts have the ability to actually get me out of a bad mood. I know that sounds crazy, but if I just need, you know, some really lighthearted banter or I actually want, you know, to be educated or I want to have a really good laugh, it could be anything. I feel like podcasts just fill that void for me. And I feel like sometimes it can be hard to sift through podcasts, like in the charts, in the sections on Spotify and same on Apple. Sometimes it can be a little bit of a nightmare to navigate. So I feel like there's something in here recommendation wise for everyone because I am no genre snob. I listen to a bunch of different ones. So I would say that one of my weekly listens is The Girl's Bathroom. If you haven't heard of it, it is a podcast that was recommended to me by one of my friends who basically said that I'd really love these girls. Their names are Sophie and Chinsia and they're from the UK. They have a YouTube channel, a podcast, and they're sort of influencers over there. They are the most sweet, down-to-earth, funny, girl-next-door girls and they really do feel, I know this sounds silly, but it really does feel like you're talking to girls in the bathroom, you know, when on a night out and you have chats basically they chat through dilemmas that get sent in to their email they have one week which is boy talk and one week which is girl talk and I've gone back and listened to literally all their episodes and I'm up to date and it comes out every Wednesday and basically some of the dilemmas that get sent in are just insane so hectic and also they're just they have such great rapport with one another and they have the best banter and it's an absolute laugh so if you are kind of if you have similar interests to me I feel like that one will be very on brand for you highly recommend it. The next one is similar. It's called Life with Mariana and also Straight Up with Stassi. So if you're a Vanderpump Rules fan or maybe you've heard of Stassi from somewhere else, Straight Up with Stassi is her podcast and Mariana's podcast is, she actually, what's that brand called? She doesn't talk about it very often, but um, hold on, let me check. It's so embarrassing that I had to look that up because I own this brand but summer fridays which is a huge brand i just had an absolute mind blank um mariana hewitt runs her life with mariana podcast and she owns that brand but she basically interviews different people talks about their brands their life their lifestyle different lessons they've learned advice um and i love that podcast she is a really good podcaster and she gets on really really awesome guests that can chat about topics that you might be interested in I wouldn't say I listen to every single episode but I definitely pick the ones that I feel like she's interviewing someone that I'm interested in or talking about a topic that I'm interested in she's really really good and then straight up with Stassi as I said uh is amazing particularly if you're a reality tv fan and you love Stassi like I do and have watched Vanderpump Rules she talks about very similar things but she's also a relatively new mom so she has a lot of different kinds of content now which I'm a big fan of. Next, I would say is probably my favorite podcast of all time, not including serial, but I would consider that to be, you know, very much cemented in the true crime genre. More holistically, My Dad Wrote a Porno is my favorite podcast and I will die on this hill that I have ever listened to. Now, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, basically there's a guy named Jamie in the UK who he basically found out that his dad writes very, very rubbish crap for lack of a better word absolute rubbish porn he writes an erotic novel about a woman named Belinda and it is so poorly written 
and badly done that it's hilarious. It's meant to be sexy and hot and it just isn't. So he found this out and he got two of his incredibly funny friends who are actually like journalists and creatives that, you know, have been like worked for like the BBC and really dope companies and stuff. They're really, really funny, funny, funny people named Alice and James. And every single week they read a chapter of his dad's porn and they talk through it and it's hilarious and it's so, so funny. I can't even tell you. I have listened to this on public transport where I've literally been in a fit of laughter and people have looked at me like I'm crazy, but they go chapter by chapter on weird timing, but they actually just aired the finale episode of this podcast. Now this has like over half a half a billion downloads. It was, it's literally crazy how many people have listened to this podcast, but It's got to be one of the funniest, smartest and dope podcasts out there. They also have something called the footnotes where celebrities that listen to the podcast, which is a lot, um, every other episode, they would sit down and talk about, you know, Belinda's journey, where they're up to in her life. She's a pots and pans executive in the books and they talk about, you know, they really take the heat and seriousness out of sex in many ways, which I know sounds bizarre, but... I feel like they make it so hilarious and funny and it's just kind of hilarious how badly written this porno is. It's just, it's brilliant. So if you've never heard of my dad wrote a porno or listened to it, please, please, please go and listen to it. Your life will never be the same. The next ones are Shameless, which everyone would have heard of, but Aussie girls talking about pop culture and you know what's going on around the world at the time brilliant podcast same with we mean well which is my friend Lou's podcast which is absolutely absolutely hilarious she sits down with her friend Josh and they talk about all matter of things and she is one of the funniest people I know and I'm super lucky to actually get to spend time with her and you know hear how hilarious she really is but she's also super sweet and bright and her podcast with Josh is absolutely hilarious so highly highly recommend and then the last one I would like to think is a more you know day-to-day recommendation which you know obviously makes sense because it's called the daily by the New York Times it's a really good way to get your daily dose of news without it feeling too heavy and hectic um I find the news to be very overwhelming I'm very much a news person I like to be i take pride in being an informed citizen however I am incredibly sensitive and I'm a massive empath so when I watch the news sometimes I really struggle to escape it after I've watched it so I like to be informed but I don't necessarily like to drown in it so the daily is that perfect dose of news without being too hectic so if you're looking for a more educational day-to-day podcast to stay informed that is the one that I would recommend for our final topic for this episode I hope that people will give me grace as I talk through this topic I'm aware that it is potentially controversial and I may lose some listeners talking about this and that is life. So I'm going to talk about it anyway and I think that I'm going to make a little bit more of a habit of this because there have been so many topics in the media lately that have really grabbed my attention and I would love to have a space to talk about some of those and talk about my thoughts and feelings on those topics as I know that a lot of people, you know, have thoughts and feelings on them, but don't always have the opportunity to discuss it. And I think that 
there'll be people that agree with me 100% and there'll be people that think that I'm judgmental or, you know, I'm uneducated on a topic. But you know what? There's always going to be people that think that and I'm just it's as a as a more overarching disclaimer these are my thoughts my feelings and you're totally entitled to disagree with them and i welcome constructive criticism if you have a fact i didn't know or something that you'd like to share with me my dms are always open and you are more than welcome to message it to me but you know be kind always so my first controversial topic is megan and harry Now, I would like to preface this by saying that I'm a massive royal family fan. If you know me, you know that I consume royal family content more than the average Joe. I really do love the royal family and the tradition of it. I am in no way saying they are perfect. I do think that they live in somewhat of an ivory tower, and I do think that some of the old-fashioned, archaic ways of doing things are not going to work anymore and there does need to be more sensitivity and access within the royal family to adapt. I don't think that the way that they handle every situation is perfect. I think in many ways they can very much be blind to how things can come off and how optics-wise things can be misconstrued I think that the Prince Andrew stuff is a completely different situation to what I'm talking about so I'm not going to entertain people that say oh well yeah you love the royal family but what about Prince Andrew what Prince Andrew did is disgusting awful horrific there's no words for it and I think that he didn't get the for me just personally for me justice was not served and that is my thoughts my feelings I think that he deserved a lot more than what he got and settling out of court I mean no words for that he should have gotten the full extent of the law and didn't I don't think that what happened with Prince Andrew and the way that the royal family handled that I think that it's separate to the Meghan and Harry drama and I think that it should be treated as such anyway that's more of a disclaimer getting into this Uh, As I said, massive royal fan, and I do adore Prince Harry. I really do. And I think as someone who follows the royals, you grow up watching William and Harry. It's so cute. Brothers, you love it. Everything about Prince Harry being like the naughty boy, he was always doing something wrong, was incredibly endearing. And I think he weaseled his way into a lot of people's hearts, which is why I think a lot of people are attached and invested in, obviously, his life. Now, I have a big struggle (laughs) with Meghan Markle. And I would like to also say that when she first came onto the scene, I loved her. I thought she was awesome. I watched Suits. I thought she was incredible. I think she has an incredible voice for... I think that, you know, there was so much content that first came out where she, you know, wrote a letter to that, I think it was like a cleaning company or something like a, like a Windex or an Ajax or something that came on her screen as a child saying that, you know, only women should be doing the housework. And she wrote a letter to them saying, you know, at a young age saying, you know, I think it's offensive that you're only calling women out. Like she's been vocal from the jump and I respect that heaps. I think she has a really... Uh, incredible platform and I think that she in many ways means well but I just have the the amount of press that has been 
in the news about the two of them lately for multiple issues has really started to grind my gears. <laughs> so basically, obviously, watching the Oprah interview, I don't even remember when that came out. It was a while back, years ago, a year ago, a year and a half ago. That obviously was incredibly triggering. Hearing that they're leaving the royal family and then having them sit down with Oprah, talk through all of the things that I'm going to say allegedly happened because I actually do believe that they that they did happen. I do believe that horrible things were was, was said about Megan. I don't think they were necessarily treated fairly. I think that there was things that happened that didn't land well and lacked a certain delicacy and sensitivity. I actually do believe that. But I do think that there's one side, the other side, and the truth does land somewhere in the middle. So it's not necessarily that I'm saying everything that Harry and Meghan say happened, happened, or that I'm saying everything the royal family saying happened, happened. I actually think the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle and there's been potentially embellishment on both sides. That's actually not what I've got the issue with. They were totally entitled to step back as senior members of the royal family. When that happened and then the Oprah interview came out, I felt a great deal of compassion and sensitivity towards Megan, hearing that she was suicidal because of how she was treated and didn't feel like she was able to access resources is heartbreaking. I think anyone that feels that way, whether it's justified, rational, or not, it doesn't really matter. It's awful that she was ever in a position where she felt that way. And choosing to exit that dynamic was their decision and their decision alone. I think it for, for Harry, that must have been heartbreaking as well. Obviously, he saw what happened to his mother. And I know that that is a crutch for him. And that's why he has certain feelings towards Megan. He doesn't want to see history repeat itself. And I know that that pops up a lot. And that is very much a part of the narrative. And I think that there'd be a lot of truth in that. I think they had every right to say we want to distance ourselves because of what we've been through and how we feel like we were treated. Fine. All good. I think the what followed is where they've lost me. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this, guys, because I feel like this is so contentious. There are people who are just, Megan and Harry stands can do no wrong. Everyone treated them poorly and everyone should shut up about it. But here's where my issue is. And I think the reason why I'm so triggered and it's on my mind at the moment is because their Netflix trailer just dropped. So literally a day or two ago, their $100 million deal for their series on Netflix just dropped and the trailer aired. Now, that trailer to me just, oh, I can't even tell you. I struggle really hard with the narrative that when they left the royal family and stepped back as senior members, they pushed hard that one of the primary reasons they were doing that was because they wanted more privacy and they wanted to distance themselves from the headlines and being in the public eye. It wasn't good for them, their mental health and their family. Fine. What I want to understand is how you go from having that rhetoric, which everyone was able to process, albeit at different levels, to then decide, you know what? I know we left for that reason, but we're going to do And we're going to sign up to do a $100 million series on Netflix, which basically shows every aspect of our lives, our children, and deep dives into our emotions, thoughts, and feelings. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's not privacy. That's throwing yourself right in the mix of it. And then you're going to write a book called Spare, 
which if you didn't know, Prince Harry's written a book called Spare, which plays on the term the, the heir and the spare, William being the heir and Harry being the spare. And you're going to play on that rhetoric, which is also controversial and gets people talking and gets people talking about the royal family and how he left it and thrusts you back into the public eye once again. Megan's going to create a podcast, talk on it, at like uh, all talk and talk and talk about her experience, which is fine, but it's detailed and it it seems like while you've tried to distance yourself and get privacy, you've done the complete opposite. You've decided, I know you've got to earn money, I get that, but this really seems like you've gone from one extreme, which is being very, very public as a member of the royal family, and then being very, very public just as celebrities now. It just, the whole thing feels like bullshit when you decide to do that for lack of a better way of putting it I don't know how you can ride on that narrative and then like look people in the eye and have this land I just I feel like if anything I'd be so like I would want my money back and hire a new PR team I don't know who's behind their image I don't know who's behind how things land and how things get to press and how they decide to say yes to things and agree to new projects but they have a serious, massive image issue, in my opinion. They seem to never miss the opportunity to step in shit in the worst kind of way. And I just feel like even there's been a lot of bad press about this trailer that's come out because it does feel very staged, very manufactured. And this is just my opinion. There's going to be people that feel like it's authentic, but I'm not the first person to say this. It really does feel like it's manufactured and there's a massive victim complex and a huge victim mentality and it does land really poorly and I think something else that really rubbed me the wrong way and I know rubbed a lot of people the wrong way when it came out was (coughs) sorry guys right after Queen Elizabeth passed Harry and Meghan had this massive feud saying that they were really annoyed that their kids Archie and Lilibet didn't have the Her Royal Highness and His Royal Highness titles anymore and they were only prince and princess. And I'm like, you don't get to leave the royal family, drag them through the mud. They dragged them through the mud. Everything that could possibly have been said about the royal family was said and how toxic the firm was and how toxic the royal family is. And then you sit there and say, I can't believe our kids don't have these titles anymore when you've decided to leave. I just, you don't get to have the best bits and, you know, you admonish yourself of the worst bits. I just, I don't get how you can sleep at night doing that and say, okay, well, I know we left and we've completely trashed you guys, but you know, it's really offensive to us that we don't get our titles anymore. Like our kids don't get those titles. I mean, they're still prince and princess. It's literally just his and her royal highness they don't get, which the only reason it seems like they want it is because they can make money off having these titles still. They can make money off being Duke and and Duchess of Sussex and their kids can make money off being his and her royal highness. It just, I'm not saying that's why they're doing it, but it just lands really poorly. And I feel like I'm just over it. Like, I don't even want to read the book. And I never thought that that was going to be me. Like, I 
consumer or content like a crazy person and I always would have thought that I want to read it but I just feel like I can't consume this narrative anymore like I get it like I get where you're coming from go and live that farm private life that you so desperately seemed to want I just don't get why it's still being talked about and why like we get it you know what I mean you've distanced yourself you've done it and now it just seems like you make a lot of money off dragging your family through the mud I don't know I just feel like it's yeah it bugs me there's something about the whole narrative that just really ticks me off and I feel like I used to feel the complete opposite and I've just done a complete 180 and I'm interested to hear your guys thoughts on it I know that was a fat rant but I enjoy a good rant from time to time and I like listening to other people rant from time to time also so I'm interested to hear your guys thoughts on Harry and Meghan and maybe I'm being too harsh that's been known to happen I've I think that potentially I am being too harsh but also you know that's just my thoughts they're just my thoughts and feelings and I think that they're always open to move so if you know something comes out tomorrow that completely shifts my opinion that could also happen I'm open to being swayed but at this stage of the game with the press that's been coming out I'm I'm finding it tough to digest guys (laughs) I just realized that I think that this is the longest podcast episode that I've recorded. We're nearly hitting 40 minutes. That's what happens when you go on rants, guys. Maybe I should do this more. I pick something that I'm passionate or triggered by and just go off because that just, yeah, that's what did it. That tipped me over my normal time limit. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, head to the Kindest Regards Pod Instagram for any suggestions on future topics or content for any of our upcoming episodes. I love hearing from you guys and what you want me to chat about. And also feel free to DM me any questions or any thoughts on today's pod episode. I love hearing your thoughts and opinions. And I will chat to you guys next week. Mm -hmm.